Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome a few members of Four Not to the show. I've got Dara, I've got Charlie and John. How are you lads? Ah, good, can't complain. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, if you're wondering about John's uh, choice of uh, clothing, you might fill us in, John, on where you are. Uh, I'm on holidays in Italy and it's far too hot for proper clothes. <laughs> <laughs> fair play, man, fair play. Dara and Charlie, whereabouts are you? Are you based in Dublin or? Yeah, we're both in Ireland right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you live yeah. in Dublin, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Both I and Charlie are in Dublin right now. Uh, separate houses, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, are you going to change the label of the saying that you're bog metal? Because I know there's plenty of people outside of Dublin would question that, you know. Mm. We we're going to think uh, the music suits the, uh, the way we describe it, so. Yeah, Charlie's down in Carlo half the time anyway, so. <laughs> I think we have another member. Lachlan, is he joining us? Yes, I don't know. Anyway. He's meant to. Okay. I didn't know that. You... Mm. Nice bit of editing there from me already, lads. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Lachlan, can you hear us? I'm yeah, there he is. <laughs> You're in the car, Lachlan, yeah, are you? That works, so I decided to come out, get a bit of peace and quiet. Thanks for joining us anyway. That's, right. I'm really honoured now. So you were, I suppose, a five-piece initially. You might talk to us about... Yeah, because the last... The only time I saw you actually was with these lads, following the signs. Big shout-out to Noel oh, the lads. Kirk. In the uh, was it the Spalpin Faunuk we were in? Spalpin Faunuk, yeah, yeah, with Risen Dread and um, True Home. Risen Dread, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great gig. I think it was the following the Signs album launch. I'm nearly sure. Oh, True yeah. Home, I think it was an EP. Oh. Yeah, the um, that was True Home's first ever show, which is Charlie's band as well. Oh yeah, that's right, Charlie. Jeez, I forgot that. Yeah. So you were doing double duties that night. Pretty much, yeah. I was also having to carry John's parts on my back because John wasn't there, so I had to do. <laughs> All the guitar duties so that was i def- definitely didn't have a fun time with that gig <laughs> <laughs> and have you been down since no unfortunately not That'd of course not. yeah with COVID and stuff like that yeah so john you missed the opportunity coming down here man yeah i know uh it was it was a, a shit one but uh <laughs> well hopefully we'll be down soon enough uh, i think we're going to be we're, we're kind of in contact with Tombs and we're trying to organise a couple of gigs in Dublin and in Limerick. Bit of slippery uh, metal. Yeah, slippery metal. Yeah, bogs are slippery, so I figured it would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that the earliest four knots? Was had you many gigs before that? Can you remember back? Uh, so we started in August 2018, I think, was the first gig we had, or mm. September. September. Yeah. yeah, I think that Cork gig then was, was that 2018 as well? That would have been 2019 at some point. Yeah, I think it was 19. Okay, okay. Yeah, we had the most gigs in 2019, I think. Yeah. Had you really, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, COVID hit and screwed up everything. Your recordings up to that point, did it affect you much in relation to what you had planned music-wise more so? when the lockdown happened we'll say because i know he had he'd of mr murk which is 2019 would you stand over that ep now no no no, no. Okay. not at all no different it's, band um, it came out <laughs> it came out yeah yeah we actually just removed it off spotify and all that um this week <laughs> wow yeah we decided once we released Ferryman uh that we'd we'd get rid of mr murk so okay that, that we did I yeah, think there was, so was there three live tracks in that and three originals? 
Yeah. Well, they were all originals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. In relation to those songs, are they wiped from your set list as well? Yeah. We still play some of those songs. We play Puka still. We play that at Bostock. And uh, mm. we haven't played any of the other ones though in a while. Uh, but Descendant, the li- one of the live songs is actually on uh, from across the moors as well. So, like, we haven't totally, you know, just yeah. played it. It's just the recording quality was really bad and it was done in like an overnight session with my friend who was like a producer at the time or like in college. So okay. just as new to like all the, the board and the desk and everything as we were to like recording in a studio. So it all mm. just big mess. <laughs> this is Declan, the bassist from True Home. Yeah. <laughs> um, is who did it, so. Name and shame. I'm sure he's gone on to greater things since, lads. He really has. He makes yeah. me no Declan likes great music, like still as a solo artist. It's um I think he released like twelve albums last year. Yeah. Incredibly under, prolific. Under what name? Under his own or here, yeah. Yeah. But, wow. That's so, pretty cool. Really good. I just want to take you up then to, to your split release then with Horenda. Shout out to the lads and Horenda uh Crawl. Approaching that, had you much experience in the studio? We we actually did that in-house just in our practice room and we recorded it all ourselves and with ourselves our old bass player Ned did that yeah Ned had some experience with like producing and recording and uh, we just bought some like drum mics off Amazon and just said we're just going to do this ourselves because we can't really justify going to a studio to do it um, mm. so we just said we do it ourselves and it turned out pretty well I think yeah yeah and- I like how the vocals are treated on that one Okay, oh, and yeah. who who proposed the idea? Was it the lads from Horenda or did you yeah. approach no, them? No, it was, it was Dara from Horenda, of course. Ever okay. the initiative taker. <laughs> I think he put up a post on Facebook, like, ah, we're bored. Does anybody want to do a split release? And we were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, we just happened to have this kind of like weird black metal sounding song. So we, we figured we'd hang out with Horenda a bit in the release space. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it, it got a lot of exposure, to be fair. And, um, you know, it, I think it benefited both of your bands. Yeah, it's always good to do a split. We like, uh, we'd like to do one again, maybe, sometime. Yeah, cool. You more or less got your heads down then and started writing during lockdown. Would that be correct? We, we tried. Um, we, we had a few songs kind of written and ready to go before lockdown hit. But uh, we just never got around to really getting them going so over lockdown i tried to write a bunch of music but it just didn't come out good so it was it was a a painful experience to be honest <laughs> right okay. yeah we were being very good boys during the lockdown and we didn't really meet up ever <laughs> so um what we did manage to do was uh whispers among the trees that uh, acoustic thing we did which is amazing. I absolutely love that. Yeah, we recorded it outside, and yeah, me too. <laughs> what was the inspiration behind it? Is it just I know, obviously, listening to it because it's completely acoustic. I think it will stand to you really well in the future. It just shows how diverse you are as a band, and the songwriting as well. I know there's not much singing in it there, but you certainly did a lot of uh, nice work with poetry through it. <laughs> um, you might just maybe talk about. First of all, the poetry aspect. <laughs> uh, the poems were written um, after it was recorded because okay. um, they're not actually in the music. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just I, I figured you know it, there was a section for lyrics on Bandcamp, so I yes. when we were releasing it, I just decided to to knock them out that day. Um, that was it. 
yeah there was no real story or anything uh when you're recording it or anything it was just kind of like the whole thing came because we was locked in there we didn't have anything to do we couldn't like go to the practice room and like play really loud and make new music but like me and john we had like both like acoustic music and we play acoustic guitar all the time and we had all these little ditties written so we just decided like why don't we just like make an acoustic album that would be really cool okay i have this this many pieces john you have these pieces dara you have a zoom recorder let's just like go outside with the birds and the trees put some acoustic music maybe put put a live or a, a trad track in there that's pretty much exactly how it went yeah field recordings isn't it uh, did you record the the fire and stuff as well or was that yeah, yeah. that was awful i john insisted <laughs> that the bird sounds and the fire be recorded at the same time as the guitar <laughs> and i was like why don't we why don't we do that separately and he was like nope has to be authentic yeah <laughs> well done john for driving that uh, uh, next time we won't be doing that <laughs> one for every song and so annoying <laughs> you live and learn as they say um, that song in particular uh, Tipler's Dance where was that recorded? we, we recorded that then and myself and Charity's family have a, a spot down there and we went there with the band for a bit of a session to record this song uh, so we just did it in the living room and it was good fun <laughs> also one one take live recording yeah. Oh, brilliant. Because I was talking to another band, um, Organ Blender. They're good friends of yours, I'd imagine, and found out as well. They're kind of into the, the trad <laughs> side of things. Yeah, first I heard of it. Um, I know Cole does a lot of classical guitar. And um, yeah, no, I, I, the first I heard of it was on this podcast, the, um, the talking about the trad. Yeah, and <laughs> I just stumbled upon it by accident because there's no hint of it really with him. But the fact that they're from Galway, they threw it out there and like... There's potential there for the two of you to end up in some flat kill lads in the future. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, we get a bit of Shannos, a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> and Lachlan, did you know the lads at that stage? I did not. No, not at all. We met Lachlan in January this year. Okay. Um, yeah. He went to the same school as Oscar, actually, but that wasn't how we met. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you might fill us in then. How did how did the whole meeting take place? And Lachlan, maybe your side of things. Drummers are as rare as hen's teeth now at this stage, especially metal drummers. Well, I was initially just playing some metalcore with my friends, and then Trevador uh, and um, Dara came along with one of his friends, and he was sitting on the couch, and he was he just mentioned something to me. He was like, "Oh, I'm looking for someone." Blah, blah, blah. And then didn't hear any of ages, and then messaged me to ask if I wanted to come see their show and then I came and saw it and I was just standing there like oh my god this is amazing I can't like have to do it it's amazing it's so good and then I met everyone that day um, and we were like oh well we'll sort something out and then eventually we just got to a space like a rehearsal space and we just played a little bit but they were all really nice and very welcoming at the time so how old are you? I uh, just went 21 so he's by far the youngest of you yeah not by far. I'm only 22. What? Yeah, well, are you serious? Jesus, I thought you were a bit older. <laughs> I'm 24. 24. Okay. Seems like you. <laughs> seems like you've been around um, for ages, lads. In fairness, we've been about for like four years, but like two of those years were null. Yeah. I didn't get to do it. Yeah. No, Charlie only just turned 18 when we were starting our shows. I think. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. We we got in early. Started young. Yeah. Okay, so Whispers Among the Trees, that was acoustic. And at the same time, were you writing tracks as well f- 
with the idea of releasing it as an EP with From Across the Moors? Were, they, were those songs kind of being wrote side by side? Um, no. We uh, we kind of uh, just had songs uh, for a while and we were like, ah, we need to record something. We need to get, get there. And uh, we just picked which ones we wanted to record from our live set. Doolahan was a new one at the time. Yeah, yeah I think we, we got Doolahan just after COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've always had this kind of, um, you know, we've been evolving our sound, but we're always like one or two stages of songwriting behind ourselves on recording. <laughs> so <laughs> Ferryman is the first time we've had a song that we're not bored of or sick of that we've recorded. Okay. <laughs> so that's fun. What I like about you as well is the way you kind of seem to be moving onwards from each EP and release that you're, you know, definitely making a concerted effort to change Absolutely. subtle parts and maybe I think you're a band that can have your feet on both sides if you know what I mean you can do the death metal maybe black metal and and the acoustic marries nicely with it yeah we've been listening to a lot of Agalock I think most of us <laughs> the last couple ah, of years great so that's band. A, yeah I think there's a lot of influence there go on what other bands uh well we kind of just go mad on a band for a little bit individually and uh then get onto a new band and don't listen to them so much anymore <laughs> We, so we like like Gojira a lot. Uh, Wolfheart are another fantastic band. Uh, and then recently, myself and Charlie in the last year have just gotten really into uh, kind of going on YouTube and finding really underground black metal bands that are <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> Go down many other rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, it, that black metal rabbit hole is, is a deep one. It seems to never stop. It's a deep one. <laughs> never ends, never ends. Yeah, I think when you're releasing material, like, what's your views on Spotify, lads? Well, we gotta use it. Like, <laughs> we uh, we want people to hear the music, so not everyone has a Bandcamp. Um, and I mean, I, I've been hearing a lot of our music on Spotify, <laughs> yeah. but I think that's because I initially started listening to it. But you know, you those like metal mixes and stuff like that. I yeah. keep getting Vanquish Doom to Yesteryear, which is the last song on Whispers on my Spotify, like every every mix I put on, it's in there somewhere. So I, I wish other people got showed our music as much as I get showed that one song. <laughs> but, uh, we actually got a message on Facebook there, or was it Instagram from this guy? That was an email. Um, was an email from Mohammed? Yeah, 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 yeah this yeah. guy, um, I don't know where he's from, but he primarily speaks Arabic. And he said that his favorite song was Vanquish Dreams of Yesteryear. And he asked us for the tab. And I thought that was really cute. <laughs> wow! Yeah, so we're we're getting some reach. It'd be interesting to hear what kind of stuff he listened to that G popped up then. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really cool that people can just find stuff like that organically. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we go on now to Bloodstock. Um, he got involved in metal to the masses. What was the thinking behind it? A lot of bands don't seem to take up the opportunity to get involved in metal to the masses. This is actually um, funny. First of all. Go Sorry. on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did it in 2019 or 18, 19. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's kind of, we just wanted to have shows. It's it's a really good opportunity to get full Fibber shows. So we did that to kind of hone our live show uh, the first time. And then we decided we weren't going to do it this year. Uh, but Oren contacted us, contacted us directly saying, listen, guys, I know that you guys are class. <laughs> we need someone to fill <laughs> space here. Um, so we went, sure, why not? Gig's a gig, you know? 
Yeah. Um, and then we ended up winning it. So <laughs> that's that's it. And what was the whole trip through quarter semi-finals and eventually the final? Um, what was it like for you as a band? Would you recommend it for other younger bands to yeah. go down that route? Absolutely. The, the first time we did it, uh, it's it's a really good chance for lots of people to hear your music. And, you know, you get posted, you get your name posted on, you know, hundreds of views, posts on Facebook and whatnot. And it's it's a good opportunity to sort of make yourself rehearse as well. Yeah. So you can yeah. you can kind of um, figure out how you want yourselves to sound live. And you have these, this like very non-judgmental, very supportive crowd. Um, mm. I, I think it's fantastic, like a very good idea. And I'm, I'm yeah. very yeah. glad that Bloodstock and especially Oren are... Um, doing it put it on and was there any performances in particular when you finished you were kind of going shit we could have done better with that and <laughs> or did you just nail it every time every single one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're all very very cynical of ourselves we're such pessimists every single one <laughs> well, okay. usually, usually after every show i go over, i go over to john and i'm like that was amazing and john says and i quote <laughs> oh charlie no <laughs> I've ever played. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe how terribly I played today. <laughs> wow. We like to make fun of John's fatalism. <laughs> you need one of them in the band, yep. isn't that You can't right, be John? a black metal band yeah. if you don't if you don't hate yourself. <laughs> You're never gonna get better if you tell yourself that was good when it wasn't good enough. Yeah, I like that thought. Bloodstock. You've never been there before. Did you have to do much research into it in relation to getting your equipment across? How did you plan it? Maybe just talk us through that, because again, there could be bands listening here that might get the benefit of your wisdom after one successful appearance in Bloodstock. I will say it was quite expensive to get there. Oh, you know, like they, okay. they pay for your ticket in, but they don't pay for like the ferry across, which we needed to do. Um, right. Lachman got the plane over and it was like 20 euro or less there and back. Um, and we, we had like a 200 and something euro ferry ticket. It was it was six. Six and well, 200 each. Um, yeah. Wow. That's the thing about being a band in Ireland, though. If you want to like go to another country, like you have to spend so much money just leaving Ireland. Mm. More yeah. money like leaving Ireland than you would like traveling around Europe itself. Like if you're going to like France or Germany or something, you'd like spend whatever it cost on petrol, but it's the ferry that was like the most expensive thing. And it is really expensive. Which is annoying. Yeah. And because it's like And who was driving? Me and John, we drove John's car. It's like a, a Jeep. So we it was like fit all of our equipment in it, like amps and guitars and, and sun cream. Everything. <laughs> sun cream. So okay, you arrived there. We were like we're driving around the road that we were that, that Bloodstock was on for ages trying to find like the artist. Uh, like check in essentially to get like our, our bands and stuff. Our, our... What day was this, Charlie? It was like when we got there, the Friday, like the Friday, the oh, yeah. Thursday. Oh, was it Thursday? It was the yeah. Thursday. We played on Friday. Yeah, you're right. Was, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we just spent ages driving around trying to find the place, and we found it, and we got out of the car, and I'd like never felt such an intense sun before. It was so hot, just standing. It was violent. Like yeah, pretty. Still burnt. My neck is burnt still. <laughs> and Lachlan, when did you arrive? Were you there before the lads arrived? No, I got there Friday morning. Yeah, I got okay. Lachlan yeah. from Birmingham Airport. Me and Dara went there to get him at, on Friday morning. Very, very weary after a long night of binge ousting and <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I went to bed at three and woke up at five. It was it was terrible. The thing is we um we were going to go to the artist camp, uh, but then sure we were we were talking to tombs on the way up and they were like, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna camp in the the regular camp, you know, the Midgard. And we also had friends from, you know, Unmaker, the up and coming thrash band. Okay. And Declan was there too. Yeah. And they were all, you know, in the normal camp. So we just decided, you know what, why not? So we, we went to um Midgard and that was an awful idea from the sleep side of things. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very fun. But Dara, your first mistake there was agreeing to go with tombs. Yeah, no, we learned <laughs> to that. It. It. Yeah. That was your first mistake. <laughs> they're, they're wild ones. They sure are. Oh yeah, in fact. <laughs> and were you around for their performance on the Sunday? No, it was actually fantastic, yeah. Their new songs that they've got coming out are like I wasn't really that impressed with them during Bloodstock. Uh, sorry, during the um, the Masters of the Masses shows. You know, it didn't really. It kind of just fell flat on me. I didn't really vibe with it. But their performance on the what's it called the Jägermeister stage was Jägermeister. Yeah, like that was the he- they played the heaviest riff I'd heard the entire weekend. Yeah, <laughs> like I heard Catholic Competition play. I heard fucking <laughs> like <laughs> it was it was the best song. <laughs> That was uh, what one was that? Was it uh, a new one? It's something beyond the standard model. It's beyond the standard measure or something. It's definitely beyond the standard okay. model, but I forget the first word. Is it rough? Okay, but it's 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 very yeah. good. Yeah, they um yeah they they got a fan in me <laughs> that day. <laughs> so we'll just go back now to the performance on the day for yourselves. Were you nervous? Any? <laughs> Not nervous. I never really get nervous, but I was like, okay, I felt, I felt something weird. I think yeah, I am extremely hot right now because it's like 37 degrees in this big tent. And like and we're all wearing like shorts or whatever. Me and John are in our shorts and John's like, you need to put on your jeans. And I'm like, oh, John, it's going to be so bad. We come <laughs> like all black, big jeans, big boots on. And I get on, like, get on stage and I'm like, oh, no, I forgot my water. <laughs> it was like my main concern throughout the whole thing. Yeah, sourcing water was very difficult. Um, even though there was a tap, there was always a queue like, 18 people long at the top. Yeah. Of course, I didn't have that problem with the, the clothes because I was wearing a beanie and jump <laughs> beanie and jeans every every day. I don't like, feel heat. I just don't. <laughs> so I am. Um, what time stop did you come on it? Oh, it was, was it six or four? It was four, 4 p.m. Oh, no, it was quarter to four. Yeah. That's a good time slot, lads. It was good. It was- it, we got absolutely shafted on our time slot because uh, the mystery band, which was Machine Head, were playing just before us and we were like oh great no that's fine because that means everybody's gonna put over from the main stage into us but no when we were playing Gore was on <laughs> mm. and what people were interested in Gwar <laughs> well, if you're if you have a chance between seeing Gwar who like shoot blood at you or yeah. like some band you've never heard of on the New Blood stage I think most people would say <laughs> yeah. Gwar you know what I mean like that's the thing you go to the New Blood stage if no one else was playing uh, but if you've got a band that you've heard of, which everyone's heard of, Gwar, um, yeah. it's I I don't think that um, like we were very lucky. Uh, Steve Dempsey managed to pop over for about ten minutes to take pictures of us between Machine Head and Gwar because a yeah, lot of Steve's coverage. Brilliant. You need. Yeah, I mean, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, you'd always benefit from Steve's photos, without a doubt. You know, uh, Steve's a good guy. We like him a lot. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. Just want to check there in relation to the songs he picked for that set. Was there much discussion or? Was it straightforward enough? Pretty straightforward. Yeah. We, well, you know, we had Lachlan new, so we kind of had to, <laughs> we had to go with whatever he had learned so far. You know, it's kind of, 
we went up, we played our intro song, which is just like one riff that like we thought was that we've had for like two or three years. Okay. Like two or three years ago. It's just one riff and really heavy and whatever, but like we never were able to turn it into a song. It was just too good by itself. So we're like, let's just turn it into the, our intro or something. And then we just like do a few songs that people know and we did like the two new singles that are that are coming out. Well Ferryman is out now. And yeah. Puka, which is a really old one because we like playing it and people like hearing it. There wasn't that much like discussion. Like we kinda just like we weren't gonna do our we know our best songs. <laughs> We're gonna like go from a final and then just like come to Bloodstock and do a completely different set. You know, there'd be no point in that. But again, like a lot of we'll say particularly Irish bands that are involved, we'd say in more or less writing stoner music, the likes of Grey Stag and a few <laughs> others, like they have probably one song that's like nine or ten minutes long. You know, and it like ultimately they're looking at their time slot of 30 minutes and yeah. they could only maybe get two or three songs in, you know? Yeah. So how many did you actually play? I think we were on six or seven. Yeah. Um, or seven. Yeah, we don't really write stone music at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> I all know, yeah, but in. I'm just saying it's just as well that you weren't yeah. because that's my point. You'd only get two or three songs in uh, and yeah. you're finished. We actually wasted a lot of it with that. That first song is about two minutes long. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> and that's it <laughs> that, that song's we, more uh, that, that's very much for me anyways that's a that's an atmosphere song yeah and then we play that song and once the guitars kick in it's like okay I'm going to kill somebody now <laughs> <laughs> that's really sick the song is just about setting the atmosphere for the next 30 minutes that, that's all it's there for <laughs> mm. I think it does yeah. a good Everybody I talk to about Bloodstock that played it, they all say it, it just goes in a blink. It's so fast. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely a good learning experience for us. Uh, we came off the stage after we played and we were infuriated. Yeah. Was probably describe it best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, we thought it was absolutely terrible. Like we were embarrassed to put our name to that show. Yeah. The stage then, was awful. Yeah, it was the stage sound that we were getting and it was really bad. And they turned our amps down so quietly. Like, I don't think my amp has ever been played that quietly. Like the exact opposite of what you, what you want to do in an open air festival is turn your amp down to one. It's, mm. it's a tube amp. It just doesn't sound nearly as good as it does when I'm hitting it at like five or six. That yeah. really pissed me off. We, we played and the sound we were getting from the stage was absolutely dog shit. And the monitors kept... Right. Out. we couldn't really hear anything properly so we were and the sound man was no help whatsoever when we were doing our line check he instead of if we asked him a question we we're like oh could we get this he wouldn't do anything and he just picked up the microphone and was like four minutes 29 four minutes oh fuck man yeah, it was fucking yeah. terrible had this problem with his drink and like it was really bad it was not yeah. good what we the sound coming off the stage though was good. We've we've got yeah. recordings that prove that we didn't yeah. fuck it up, <laughs> which is great. Better than we thought, just, which um, was such a relief. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the learning that we did was we learned to communicate clearly what we need. <laughs> we did though. Um, I, I don't know. I think we were a little a little shy about it. I I, I for one didn't really um you know I I definitely could have told the the bass tech or whatever to you know that I couldn't hear the drums or and it would have happens you know it's kind of you don't really notice because you don't get a proper sound check you get a line check um right. but like, that, if, like you like, don't get the levels properly in your ears um so when, yeah it, it would have been nice if we'd gotten a proper sound check but apart from like you know it's just 
and by nature of letting so many people in, you know, Simon Hall loves to let people onto the New Blood stage. And I think that's kind of to its detriment because if he just took half as many people in, everyone would get a proper sound check. It would feel a lot less like being careful. <laughs> but it, yeah. um, that said, it was very, very fun off the stage and we're very glad we did the show. It's just uh, in the moment, it was very stressful. Yeah. John, what were you saying there? You were racking up? Oh, sorry. I was just saying that, like, it, it's a festival. You have to just kind of pump fans out all the time. And even the big bands, they only get a line check. Mm. Yeah. It's just how yeah. Look, I mean, again, it's, it's a learning experience. And the main thing was the feedback from the audience out the front was good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah like, we did have fun. Uh, it was mm. we're definitely very glad that we went. Very thankful. Very lucky yeah. that we won it. Mm. Some 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 bands this year in the Melts of the Masses, we were kind of like, damn. Well, we're out, fellas. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it looks great on your CV as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of the main things to have said that, oh, yeah, should we play Bloodstock? And, you know, straight away people will sit up and go, wow, cool. And you had the option of, I think, getting the video of it. Did you go down that route? Yeah, we did. of course, you know, it's it's um, they have a lot of stuff to organize. So it'll probably be a month or two before we end up getting it. But we, we have uh, we have paid for it, I think. So, yeah, they get yeah. videos because Lachlan, the saint, brought a GoPro with him and he like put it up as a drone cam behind him. So like, yeah, it was a great oh, angle. It's really good. We thought we all oh, cool. and uh, we were all really annoyed yeah. off stage. Like a few hours later, like Lachlan took at the GoPro and showed me the video and we were both like, actually, <laughs> really good. <laughs> and I was like, fine, we'll watch it. Might as well just see how shit it was. And then it, even on the GoPro, it sounded really good. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. I was like, Jesus, I was so hard on myself. I still should be. You know, with Bloodstock over and done with, did you use many opportunities while you were over there to get to know other bands, maybe other promoters? Did you do a bit of inverted commas networking? <laughs> no, no, not really, which is something that we should have done. in the high There was intentions of it. Yeah, we definitely, we went intentions. in there going, man, we're going to talk to every band. We talked to, well, I talked to the guys from Pariah who were on after us on the New Blood stage. And they okay. seem to have quite a following in Sheffield and events. And we um, we talked to Tombs a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> so we're camping right next to them. But we, um, I don't know, there wasn't as much of a, um, you know, you have your day of, of kind of media stuff and interviews yeah. and we, we kind of didn't really get to, do that much you know we we um we talked to oren oren Aburn, uh and yeah. he you know he got us two or three interviews but and mind you um, like we were sitting out there like waiting because oren would come to us and say there's somebody going to talk to you in like 20 minutes and he'd like keep doing this and mind you this is at like it was like 12 o'clock to two o'clock we were in this like art artist area and it yeah. was just so hot and there was, there was no shade like we had to stay in this one spot or else they'd have lost us and they wouldn't know when to find us and that was like really i just wanted to get out of it so badly yeah. i was just like having a really bad time in the heat and we had to leave there at two to get onto the stage as well so it was it was wow, just kind of poor Jesus. timing you know okay yeah so stuff like that this is great like because obviously fans wouldn't hear of these things you know it's it's just interesting to hear um how a band gets on over in bloodstock for the first time and as you said media who would have thought that the media would be painful because you're fucking standing in what 35 degrees of sunshine sitting yeah. here like just waiting it was really really dark. i did not have a fun time there 
Yeah. And I'll tell you here, Richie, your questions are 10,000 times more yeah. useful for anyone listening <laughs> than those were. Like, because yeah. no one knows who the fuck you are, right? I mean, Oren yeah. knows who we are. So for the Bloodstock yeah. TV thing, he asked us some kind of personal, you know, at least not, yeah, personal questions that, you know, you'd know if you knew who we were. But like stuff like the Razor's Edge, they have no idea who you are. They, they're just kind of asking everyone the same questions, you know, yeah. hey, what's it like being a new band? I'm like, well, I don't know. I've been around like five years. I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had like a, we're our last interview. Like, Orm just comes and says, "Here, this guy's going to talk to you now." And we met the guy, and he was like, "Oh, he's a very nice chap." And then he started the interview, and he's like, "I have no idea what questions to ask you. I have no template. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Uh, we'll see what happens." You know, so that one was the most fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to stand up for that one. So. <laughs> You can put it down to a great experience in, in a few ways. Um, you learned a lot from it as a band. You will probably bring that experience maybe to something like The Siege if you get offered it maybe next year. Is that one of your major goals now at this stage to get on The Siege? We've never really thought about The Siege. Like, we, we love- you know, we've had the opportunity to play, well, not the opportunity, but we've, you know, we've had six or so Sieges that we could have asked to play, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you get asked or if you ask, but... Um, we, we haven't been asked, so I assume it's you have to ask. <laughs> have a chat with Tombs about that. <laughs> They'll yeah. put you straight. Email mm. the way. The second this siege is over, we're getting on to the next one. There's no way we're not going to be in the next one. Yeah, yeah. Has to happen. We've been, we've been, we've been not like paying attention to siege for too long. But like, yeah, siege is happening. Oh, they've already announced all the bands. Oh, we're so silly. Mm. Yeah, we didn't yeah. ask anything. <laughs> and then no one does it, and then we go, oh, next time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's twice yearly. We kind of. You know, we're like, ah, sure, the next one's ages away. And then when the yeah. one that's happening yeah. now gets announced, they've already got the ones for the next one, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So you have a release out now called The Furryman and The Lockkeeper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play a song off it and we'll maybe talk about the, I suppose, the songwriting involved in it and the interpretation as well. What inspired you? this so this is the the single the ferryman and the lockkeeper
simply the best thing you've done yet, lads. Absolutely, congratulations on that. Absolutely. Thank you. There's a lot of effort gone into it. The production sounds amazing. Mm. The lyrics, the the whole team running through it. It marries perfectly with the riffs. We might just take it, Dara, from your side. Did you write the lyrics? I did, yeah. So Lockkeeper, Life Stealer, Thoughts Veer and Become Clear as Bodies Burn, Moonlight Turns, The Ashes, The Clean Air or Innocent Cargo, Though the Wind May Far Blow, Realize Their End in Despair. That snapshot there gives a good idea of what it's about, so you can enhance it if you want. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this is really, uh, John came up with the idea for the song. Okay. Um, he, he thought it would be, like, even the title, I think, is John's idea. <laughs> so he, he decided it would be cool if there were a, um, a, a ferryman who enjoys his job, doesn't get paid much, um, but he, he loves life, and then a lockkeeper who has to let him through and He's very sour, bitter, doesn't really like that he's enjoying life, even though he's, you know, he has nothing. Um, and so I rolled with that. And the story behind the song, this part that you just played there, the, um, so what if I were to turn this ferry to a pyre? That's kind of him um, in this sort of envious insanity, deciding to kill the ferryman um, and burn his boat. So that part of the song is him setting it on fire and his his cargo of people is also being burned. <laughs> um, I, why do I kind of get the vibe off it that it's set in medieval times? Am I completely wrong with uh, that? Or? I think that's just the way the music's written. We kind of have this, uh, we have this joke that we're bardcore. <laughs> uh, you know, we've got that kind of a monomarchy sort of you know, I didn't Mastodon. want to say it. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, it's you know. that. Monomark would have definitely been our main influence in of Mr. Merck, but we're kind of a little bit past that now. But yeah, yeah, we still have the sort of weird modal setup. Um, we, we definitely like to have a sort of timeless idea to it, especially, mm -hmm. you know, our, our, our album art here. <laughs> yeah, it looks very primitive and very cave paintingy almost. And, and we mm -hmm. like to have that. And even our logo, you know, it looks like it's etched in stone. Yeah. Charlie, maybe you might talk to us about the riffs right running through this. Well, I mean, the way like me and John tend to write music is John, he writes the bulk of the music, but he comes to me and he says, learn this. And I say, okay. And then I come back and I'm like, you need to change this. Or I think this band's better. And then he's like, oh yeah, that's amazing. So like for Fairman and the Lockkeeper, John wrote most of the music. And there's just a few parts that like, that are just like, oh, you need to do this way instead. And be like, oh, that sounds much heavier. Oh, that sounds better or whatever. So, Mainly, my job is to keep up with them. <laughs> <laughs> that solo that you heard is Charlie's composition. That yeah. nice. Which is not very, a lot, and usually not very good. Because <laughs> I'm not very good at soloing. I do it slowly. Was it always going to be, I know it's like, whatever, eight, eight and a half minutes long. Was there maybe two or three uh, song ideas thrown into that mix, John, to make the one song? Or is it just... No, it's just... You've... I kind of... Uh, I just wrote the riffs, and I was like, Oh, and then we're going to do a, a riff like this. And I wrote the riff and then I was like, oh, and then we're going to do a riff like this. <laughs> there's one or two times in the songwriting process where I've been told, no, there's too many widdly fiddly bits. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, because uh, John sort of just writes a song in a row. Um, regardless of, <laughs> okay. you know, like he, he kind of, he starts the song and then he finishes the song and whatever, like, you'll be listening to it on this tiny amp through his phone mic. <laughs> um, and like half of the song will just be like, you know that? Yeah. 
he's not playing any chords in the in the demo version of that. He's just sort of you know. <laughs> uh, he he plays the melody, and if while he's playing the melody, there's nothing else playing. Uh, so it's kind mm. of Charlie's job to contextualize that. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. It's kind of. I'm, like, a, I'm, a, I'm a melody man. I. Uh, John's yeah. absolutely a melody man. <laughs> I've, I've a, I, I call it a musical disability, but when it comes to <laughs> music and songs, the only thing that matters when I hear something, the only thing that actually registers in my brain is is this a good melody and like does yeah. sound good so when i listen to a song and people are like oh this is amazing i'm like is it <laughs> oh the lyrics are so good and i'm like ah okay there we go yeah no I, I i i don't know the lyrics to any songs some of the uh, songs like my favorites john you don't have to man trust yeah. me you don't have to yeah. some of my it's not your job one exception being ours <laughs> i hear the words and then they just in one ear out the other and i'm i can't process it 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 just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Note Maybe. that John does the backing vocals in this song. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, who does the backing vocals? I mean, John. Yeah, Charlie yeah. also does. This but, is like... but Dara, Dara writes our words for us. Dara is very much... Uh... Dara does a good job, yeah. And Dara, you did a great job, actually, vocally on this. It's fascinating to hear the way how your voice went over the melody and then for the hard parts as well, the heavy parts. Uh, what's funny, actually, about this song is, you know, at the start, there's this kind of monologue, the... Um... Yes. The, the, sets the tone it does it sets the tone but mm -hmm. the way this happened was we had a little intro thing for it in the in the okay. the drum shack that we record in or that's that we uh practice in or rather and charlie started saying um have you seen the lighthouse <laughs> the film oh yeah yeah okay. charlie started reciting this um sea curse the sea curse yeah curse. and we actually did this live for our, our show where we supported beast in the or based uh in the grand Beige. social um Charlie said it in his best Willem Dafoe voice, <laughs> ah. and I figured, well, we can't we can't steal that, so I have to write something new for it. And I, I even did the same voice that Charlie does. The, Burst in ye! <laughs> uh, that is so cool. It divides opinion. That movie, you know. But uh, like one of my wow! So it inspired yeah. the start to the to the ferryman. Mm -hmm. I want to play one more song actually, which is a clip off uh, "Stranger to the Sea." Mm. My brother, you know. Lies in flame, his body scorched, my body lame. Neath the surface, he lay charred and still. For I left him, left him tidings for I left him, left him tidings
I'm so glad you put that song in, lads, because I mean, it's it's so relevant to Whispers Among the Trees and it'll actually send people back to that whole, I suppose, time when you were trying to get music out and dealing with the unknown future for a lot of bands. It's a nice link between the two and, of course, the Shanos side of it as well really brings forth the Irishness and mm. you're to be commended doing that, you know? We, uh, we kind of, we like the idea of pairing up our, our music, our heavy music with a much softer kind of mm. anybody easy listening. And uh, because we, we really like that stuff. We really like just really peaceful ambient music and it's just nice to diversify. But we, uh, yes. yeah, it was very lately decided. I was just kind of one night like, ah, do you know what we should do? Instead of just releasing the one song, we should, <laughs> we should record another song to go with <laughs> and it should be acoustic and we do like some nice stuff. And, uh, but is it too late to do this? And then Dara and Charlie were like, um, I don't know. And we're like, ah, we'll try to do this on Sunday and uh, we'll figure it out. And uh, we recorded it all. <laughs> yeah. not, not all of it <laughs> and it was um it was good fun because we uh yeah. normally the way we write we like the song is written and we just kind of go off that but for this song for a stranger to the sea that was there was one part the the main guitar bit the do 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 yeah. that was the only bit that was actually written and we were just making everything else up on the spot wow there you go i love that i love hearing that and it turned out so well yeah. yeah that, that song is getting like from what I'm hearing the like, people are like wow this song is so sad <laughs> one of my friends texted me and he was like this song is like how could I put it it's like the happiest way you could say goodbye to somebody and it's like oh Sean <laughs> wow <laughs> what about the Shano start to it um, how did you figure that one out uh, that was me hi <laughs> we tried to get it so that charlie and john were singing along with me but they're not used to singing so the pitching was really off you know which and well which channels but with yeah with strictly vocal music it helps to have accurate pitching <laughs> so um i ended up having to do that i actually that recorded that part in my living room the day we sent it off to DistroKid. <laughs> so, are you serious uh, yeah no way um so we you, you mentioned that um, Ferryman is very well produced. We sent that off to Saku Moilanen in um, Deep Noise Studios, who did Wolfheart. Charlie, show him the shirt. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> uh, did Wolfheart's albums. And we were like, you know what? We want to sound like that. So we now we do. <laughs> uh, but then Strangers he's of the Sea. Finnish. Is he Finnish? He's, is yeah, he? he's from Finland. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. amazing. He's really, really great. Really he's so Red friendly. Red Moon Architect. Is that, that's, is that one yeah, of his that, projects? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've heard it then. He's he's really good and really nice. And when I first got on to him to ask him about this, the reply that I got was so blunt and like straight to the point. I was kind of like, ah, he, well, he's won me over with the classic finish. <laughs> but as, as we got to know him a bit more, he was he, he's such a nice guy and we really like working with him and we could not recommend him more to anybody. He's, uh, he's actually was saying to us that he's, kind of not so much looking to record bands in the studio he's more just moving on to mixing and mastering okay so if anybody's looking there yeah, you go he did a great job with our mixing and mastering we of course recorded it in track mix studio with yeah. with michael but, uh, yeah, big the... shout out there i mean you can hear the 
the whole production of it is just absolutely crisp. Yeah, like it was sounding and very good when we came out of track mix. Um, but the, um, yeah, I Saku really pushed it over the edge there. That was great. Um, yeah, that's class. Like, and I so see my that, own horn here and say I played the mandolin and viola on that. So anyone who wants <laughs> poorly played mandolin or viola tracks, hit me up. <laughs> did we say that, um, Dara, that you're the new bassist in the band? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if we did or not. We, uh, did. we said it before. I don't think we said it uh, during the recording. Dara is the new bassist, and he's the best bassist we've ever had. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no yeah. With this release, that's going to probably stay around for what, maybe a month with people playing it. And hopefully, you have, have you got plans maybe to release some other stuff? Or well, in, the, in the same session we recorded. I'm oh, sorry, Charity, you can talk. <laughs> yeah. When we went into Track Mix, we recorded two songs which we intended to be as singles. So, if okay. one we were going to release first, and the next one, I'm not sure when it'll come in, maybe in a month or two, is going to, it's yeah. called Assembling Trees. Uh, it's really really good okay. <laughs> it's excellent actually so you people have that to look forward to yeah it's heavier than ferryman it's heavier than ferryman yeah and uh, it and, also uh, has I have a little song and uh it's like extremely it's nothing like stranger to the sea if there's like no acoustic guitars or anything when assembling trees the single ends it's like straight into this like tribal ritual music and it, i think oh. it's very interesting <laughs> Let's talk about the artwork. You do have a distinctive style. Is one of you the artist or have you got somebody else doing it for you? Connections. <laughs> no, so, um, we, my girlfriend had a, uh, a room in her house that she was renting out to a student and uh, his name was Giga. He's from Slovenia and he was in uh, NCAD, I think it was, or was it NCAD? NCAD, yeah. NCAD, yeah. And uh, he... <laughs> I just kind of got to know him from being at the house all the time. And so is he, okay. an amazing guy, love him. But he's extremely good at art. And we kind of just tell him roughly what we want and he does it. And then we might have like one or two things. We're like, oh, how about this? Could we have this? And he's like, okay, sure. And then the next review he sends us is like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's That's moved back. Class. He's uh, done, he did the artwork for... Uh, from across the moors that was the first one he did for us and it's like actually done on like a like a one by one meter like canvas it's no like actual painting it's huge and it's absolutely amazing yeah we've a picture on instagram there of john shaking shaking Zika's hand holding this huge yeah. <laughs> headless horseman Dulan fellow <laughs> yeah the assembling trees one i think is a similar story i think it's just that big uh and oh it's so cool I can't wait to release that song. So everybody listening to this, uh, watch this space. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's a career for you in this, John, if you want, man. Take over the podcast. Okay. Okay, These not- cheesy things, you know. <laughs> uh, I was incredibly uncomfortable before coming on this. I'm really bad at this stuff. <laughs> No, man, you're doing a great job. I would love to see that on a a T-shirt. Is that something that fans of your band can look forward to? Yeah, we've we've recently got into the T-shirt game. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to talk about it if you want to? We we said to Giga that um, for at least one of these covers, we kind of want um, something we can put on a T-shirt, so simple, like black and white. And then he he started 
doing this on his computer and he the things and uh through the review process it was kind of like oh this looks amazing it's really like primitive almost and with the black and white it works really well but okay can we have just the fire in red and uh the way he framed it as well is it's all specifically designed for a t-shirt that we will bring out uh, great news i want one of those t-shirts so <laughs> Yeah, same. <laughs> we need to get people to buy the first T-shirts first, the uh, craw design ones, um, okay, or we can pay for the next ones. But yeah, and that's the way to look at it, Dara. You're spot on. Um, you have one confirmed gig that I know of, which is Crypt of the Rift. So I will be seeing you at that and going to that. But have you got some other shows that are coming up before this? Yeah, there's a charity gig in Cavan that uh, Rory Pretorian from uh, Eternal Hellcrux is doing. Okay. Um, we don't really know much about it, but it's on the 29th of October and it's, right. it's in, is it McGinnity's? Is that what McGinnity's? Yeah. McGinnity's <laughs> uh, in Cavan. And that should be fun. Um, it's a very strange venue for a metal gig, but they're very strange. You said they're, they're gagging for it out there. So one <laughs> <laughs> um, in December in February's, I think it's on the second. I'm not, I can't exactly remember the day right now, but the guy really? is a guy called Robbie, Robbie Brady. Yeah. He's a guy who, like he's a good friend of my brothers, and both of my brothers were like were big into the music, and like my brother, my oldest brother's in the band called The Pacifics, and Dylan was in called Little Green Cars. So like they have like these connections and stuff that they can just like okay. ask, and they're like, oh, I know somebody for that. And Robbie was the guy, somebody that my brother Nick knows, who like got us our first gig and got us few gigs after that. And I asked him just like when we came back from Bloodstock, he said, yeah, I have a date for you. Tombs are going to come down and play that. True Home are going to play that. And we love playing for Robbie because uh, he always pays us and all just <laughs> well, which is like actually one of the most important things that you can do as a band yeah. that is extremely annoying to get around to doing is getting paid. Like, <laughs> yeah. And especially with, I mean, transport costs now as well. It's crazy. So like if, if, you, if you even got your petrol paid for, you know, something like yeah. getting paid is even more important than the music as a band. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you make more music and release more music if you don't like get any money for doing anything, you know, it's dead not, men tell no tales, write no songs. <laughs> look, I think a lot of bands like yourselves as well are hamstrung because we live in an island. So we've only got a few places that we can play. It's very frustrating. I think we've hit saturation point at this stage with crowds as well going to gigs. So mm. it's, it's difficult enough to get a gig that will sell out and and get paid, <laughs> as you were saying. Uh, you're saying saturation point. Oh, nope, John, nope, say it. Go ahead, go on, Derek. It's <laughs> just a tangent here. I, I listened to a few Metal Cell podcasts and you saying saturation point reminded me of, you had Jake from Elder Druid on and he said Correct, that he yeah. went up to True Home saying, you guys don't know who I am, but <laughs> and what's funny is that Charlie as Fornath has been like, hey, Jake, do you want to gig with us? Do you want to gig with us? Do you want to gig with us? For like a year previous to that. <laughs> so, oh, that'd be a that perfect was a funny, um, lineup, yeah. Irony. I'm sure that's, that's, that's coming we, up anyway. Yeah, we wanted to get a gig with El Druid at some point. Um, like John was saying, we wanted to get down to Cork and we have a... Will, will I tell him or will, I, will we keep the secret? Uh, no, we'll, we'll say it. We'll say it. Okay, we're planning on on doing this uh, four provinces tour, okay. nominally, where we get you know a band from uh, each of the provinces. We'd be Leinster, I guess, or maybe I don't know. Would yeah. we have a different Leinster band, or would we? You're definitely Leinster, lads. <laughs> metal from Leinster. Um, Let's start with that. Yeah, yeah. So we'd, we'd have one band from each county and sort of you know do a big gig in each 
you know, yeah, do Sally Longs, do Dolans, do do Voodoo, and kind of just have each band headline their respective county, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and have the same four bands playing. And we thought that would be an excellent thing. And we uh, we weren't sure if we wanted to get Elder Druid or Now Haint. Now we've heard them play; they're very good too. And sure, we'll we'll figure it out. But um, that's that's in the pipeline. Exciting stuff. We're we're very very. <laughs> John's stoked about the idea. He thought of it, and he was like, "That's class." Yeah. <laughs> terrible at organizing things so this is one thing that we're like we put this off to them we have to we're like we're organizing it now probably a just so it's set in stone well it's set in stone now because it's on the podcast so yeah we can't we can't <laughs> not deliver you can't not do it now yeah yeah we're gonna look terrible when it doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant so lads i'm gonna leave you go again for everybody that's listening and watching the furryman and the lock keepers out on bank camp and stranger to the seas with it uh definitely pay their bank camp a visit and check out the merch that's there buy some support the band and lads thanks again for coming on the show Dara, Charlie and John thanks for watching and don't forget about Lachlan oh yeah Lachlan was here for a <laughs> Lachlan was here and um, <laughs> crucially I keep saying it support your local metal scene without that we won't have bands like Fornash okay thanks lads it's like a kid